Thank you for supporting our channel. Thank you for supporting Wizan. Please like, subscribe, comment, and hit the notification bell for any future videos. How much a ticket? What are you going to say to me then? You're going to get. It's going to cost you that. So you, give me hundred pounds, and I'll take you to the airport. I'll just say it's on the meat. I don't say give me hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think. John's audience is like the whole West Ham supporters, which is like one thousand people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, he's, he's niche, but I quite enjoy talking shop. I don't know about you, but I enjoy talking about the trade. I enjoy talking about Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On, I thought you were talking about, talking about football, which no. is talking about that kind of shop. Talk what you're good at. Yeah. Oversaturation of uh, sports and football podcasts. Yeah. But, but they, I think, you know, this appeals to... I'll meet cabbies that listen to it. I'm shocked. Knowledge boys listen to it. Yeah, I am shocked. I, I, I don't think, a think a that we... People just enjoy talking about, talking about the job. A guy posted up a comment the other day on YouTube. He said, I'm really glad I watched that video. I think it was an LTDA one. He said, I learned so much about mm. what we're doing and stuff like that. If you're on the knowledge, I would probably be interested. I think <laughs> if you're on the knowledge, you're interested about what it's like when you get your badge. Mm. When you become a cab driver, what it's like you, when you're on the knowledge, you enjoy hearing stories. Yeah, yeah you, you know, do. You enjoy hearing stories from cab drivers. But I see, I'm enjoying the way that you're speaking and I... I think as well why Sam doesn't want to appear on the podcast. Um, there's a stereotypical voice and person. Side that, of the math. Yeah, that people think who we are. Yeah. And to be honest, we are every kind of person. In our trade, we are everyone. Um, and it's just funny that we've got a cliche of who we are. Mm. And hopefully, I, I think even on some of the podcasts I've watched of other cab podcasts, the, the cliche seems to come through to me. Yeah, there's, a, there's definitely a stereotype. And I think as well... A lot of that comes from what you see online. You see on the Facebook pages and you see on Twitter. Yeah. You see these cab drivers and a lot of stereotypes just shine through with what they're typing, what they're posting. They don't think about what it is they're typing, what they're posting. They no. kind of just go for it and... But that's Twitter, I'll, Nick, isn't it? That's what yeah, Twitter is, isn't it? It's a, str it's a strange place. Are you on Twitter? Drivers. I am, but do you know, the, I don't follow anything associated with taxi trade other than the LTDA Twitter feed. Right. But Twitter has got this thing, when you log on, um, you've got your following, and then it says, for you, which is their algorithm of what they think you might like. Mm. And if I go on for you, inundated with cab drivers that oh. I do not follow, but if you just log back in and it's on the for you, so I then start to see a lot of stuff from people that I don't even follow. And reading some of the stuff, it is very, very stereotypical. But have mm. you got like... On your bio, green badge. No. The only the only thing I follow do. is the LTDA. And that's the only taxi yeah, related way, thing yeah. that I follow. Mm. But Twitter is very nifty at you know associating yeah. things from pages that you follow. I think I'm, I only follow about thirty people on Twitter anyway. So, so are you on Twitter? I'm then? not on no social media. Yeah, good. That's the, that's um, the way I like it now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the, the Twitter I was on. I mean, we have a Wiz and Twitter which we used per, just for news bulletins of what's kind of relevant to people there's nothing opinionated on it and people get their wrecks and fiona's put a message up that kind of says like um any negative comment about this person getting their wreck this is not this is all about encouragement we're not interested in anything else it's, it gets deleted immediately we're not interested in no crap but twitter is just an argument platform it's, yeah. the chamber, isn't yeah. it? it's just it's like uh i don't know if you've seen the the meme old man shouts at cloud. That's just what Twitter's like, you know. You can just 
I ain't seen it. Was the picture of a man shouting at a cloud? An old man shouting at a cloud. Yeah, but I mean, you can you could go on there and argue until you die. I did. Quite literally, I did at one, and that's why I can't, and that's why I can't. You can't win. No, because there was like the cycling brigade, weren't it? It was going mm. around and taking pictures of the uh, cab drivers and stuff like that. They do that a lot. You have got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I'm 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 actually for certain things. You have got to look. This is the point about Twitter. What it doesn't do, we cannot see for a second the other person's point of view, mm. and so you're just bashing an argument to try and drum it in some, which you can never win. London would be lovely if they just banned all the public cars. So you have public transport, which we are part of, technically. So you have taxis, buses, uh, cycles. What a peaceful city it would be. What a beautiful place. Well, that's like Oxford Street, though, ain't it? The signs on Oxford Street is buses and taxis only and cyclists. And you've got normal cars driving down it, yeah. and you're like... Yeah, it's never been enforced, is like, it? No, it's never hey, been enforced. What's the sign there for? Uh, deterrent, isn't it? It's yeah. just a deterrent. But yeah, that's been there for yeah. as long. It's been there all of my life. So I'd say it's been there thirty, maybe forty years of accessing Oxford Street. Should be buses and taxis during certain times, and uh, never ever been enforced. Not a single ticket yeah. I'm aware of. Because I remember on your when I was doing the knowledge on your runs, it would be like there'd be you'd put a little message next to Oxford Street and saying like uh, motorbikes ain't allowed on it. Yeah. No, it's not illegal to be in it. It's how you access. Actually, it. got in it. Yes. So mm. if you're going to access it from a street that that gives you access, you can just turn around and drive the full length you know you can't you're not supposed to be able to cross from oxford circus from oxford street to oxford street but mm. you know if you can access it from great portland street and just you know yeah drive po- to poland road and drive Rathbone back. place yeah, yeah yeah so there's nothing wrong coming out of Rathbone place turning left on oxford street and then you turn in mm. you, there's not, nothing illegal about that you've got into oxford yeah. street on a legal street yeah but I from new bond i mean new oxford street all the way down to marble arch people still do it yeah, yes. I don't know if anyone has ever got a ticket. I'm not sure, to be honest. On the, I would be worried about crossing Oxford Circus. Maybe, maybe that but, part yeah. I have not got information on. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting debate because I mean, you look at Tottenham Court Road. We can't access Tottenham Court Road now certain mm. times a day, and you look at the the amount of shops that have closed along Tottenham Court Road because people just aren't accessing the street because it's difficult to get to. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know if London would work completely if you banned private cars. I think they're trying their hardest. There's, you know, the restrictions that are coming in there, some of them are crazy. It just confuses crazy me restrictions. all right now. Yeah, well, we, we talk, I don't know how far back you go, Dan. Uh, are you 40 yet? Age. Yeah. 36. Yeah, so I knew you would be, so I know you look super young, so I'm not Thank saying you, you look old, uh, but I know from experience that you must have been creeping towards your 40s. You're coming up 36. Yeah, but you're still handsome, Dan, so don't worry. Um, you would probably remember, and you would remember as well, the, the days where Tottenham Court Road was your electronics. Ox- oh, yeah, Oxford yeah, Street yeah, was yeah. Uh, just a great place to shop. And now what are they? The legend is yeah, gone. I don't know. American don't sweet know. shops. Yeah, American sweet shops. Yeah. A few money laundering. <laughs> but it must, it must, it, it's going to end. I think you're still going to have your new Bond Street, mm. upmarket Versace yeah. and... Um, the upmarket yeah, shops, yeah, that, yeah, that has design, a purpose. Yeah. But the Oxford Street, where you've got Westway and Westway, you've got the internet. I don't see a purpose anymore. Yeah. Um, I remember my dad taking me to, um, I want to say it was HMV. There was a, there was a downstairs to the HMV. Yeah. Where you yeah. could go in and listen to CDs before you bought them. Yeah. You sit in a booth and they had headphones and they had all the new CDs and you could put your headphones on and listen to the CDs before you bought them. 
And then we got Tottenham Court Road, and that was all of your cameras, all of your stereos. Mm. That's that's what it was. There's, there's a funny story with me and Sam in Tottenham Court Road. We we went in a shop, and we I have to ask Sam what we was we was buying, but he'll remember it. And the guy, he's <laughs> the guy serving us, and he's he's picked up what it, I think it was some sort of MP3 player or something like that pre i pod the first iPod MP3 it was a, maybe a Sony he's put it on the table and he's, he's showing us and me and Sam have both freaked he's got six fingers on each hand he's got six fingers we both noticed it we're like whoa love it uh, the days of Tottenham Court Road when you said HMV was you talking about the HMV Oxford Street because there's there's three big record shops there's Virgin at the beginning near Tottenham Court Road I want to say it was the Tottenham Court Road M but I seem to remember it being a HMV. HMV's further along. It's in mm. Oxford Street, but it's further along. It there, yeah. uh, HMV had the dog with the, the gramophone on the outside, yeah, yeah. and it was further along. And then there was Tower Records, which was newer. Did you know where that was? No, no, Tower Records, no. The whole corner of Piccadilly Circus from Piccadilly into Regent Street, mm. that was Tower Records. I don't know what it is now, funny enough. No, nothing. No, no. If, if you Piccadilly, that was, it was a... Uh, a clothes shop or something for a while and mm. I seem to think now that it isn't anything it's closed refurbishment you know there's a, there's there's tons of buildings that are that are being built being constructed that the retail is there's nothing there there mm. never has been a lot of the the new buildings that are being built they need this retail space to get planning permission yeah and then you drive past them and they're just there's never been anything mm. in there. So do we so, pre- predict a, a massive property crash? Be a Tesco's. I don't Everywhere know. Is a Tesco's. I, don't know. I think it's going to get to a point where it might go full circle and you might see these stores coming back to the likes of Oxford Street and Tottenham Court Road because if you've got shops that are sitting empty and there's no revenue stream coming in, no income from rent, they might decrease the rent to that's price Nick. That's probably why you've got the American sweet shops because you have to think: are they investing big money to open up an American sweet shop, or are they getting cheap rent cheap on rents. a cheap, yeah. uh, a short lease? Yeah, Maybe. Probably. Maybe. So it's already downgraded massively. I mean, yeah. the rents in these places were huge, and now they're they're not what they were. The internet is changing the way we buy everything anyway, and when it first came in. I used to think, well, I'm not buying clothes on the internet. I want to try it on. So you'd think shops would survive. Yeah, yeah. But it's not the case now, is it? You, you, they've managed to get the returns going. You just send yeah. it back. Yeah, you just send it back. I just order three of them, don't you? I'll clear it. <laughs> you can, yeah. Do you know what's interesting? I picked up someone who worked for ASOS, the online fashion brand. Yeah. And they've got a, um, a strong Asian market. But he said the way it works in, I think it was specifically Japan he was talking about, is that we have to deliver clothes the driver waits until the person tries them on. Oh. And if they don't like them, the driver takes them back instantly. Oh, and it's not a bad idea. It really isn't a bad idea. I mean, it stops this, like, wearing it to go to a wedding and then sending it back Keeping afterwards. it, yeah. Um, which I'd never do. I, I would oh. never do that. Funny uh, story, actually. I was at a wedding where someone was sitting in front of someone, the person behind saw the tag, just leant over and <laughs> took the tag off. They turned around mad because... Oh, no, they were sending it back. They were sending yeah. it back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I seem to chop and change. I listen to a, I listen to a lot of podcasts. That's what I yeah. do in, in the cab. Yeah, I don't know if you're the yeah. same. I listen to tons of podcasts just to keep your interest, just to keep you you busy. Keep yeah, yeah. Ticking over right? you're in yeah. the cab. Well, you're in the yeah. cab. It has to be audio. So, yeah. but when I get home, sometimes you know I follow these podcasts on YouTube as well, and then you just find yourself watching the video of the podcast anyway. 
Oh, in the same one. Of, yeah, yeah, you kind of go between the two because you want to see. I don't know. Obviously, you're listening to them and you can hear what they're saying, but sometimes the expressions or they might splice in yeah. pictures or videos, and you find yourself just going onto YouTube and, mm. and watching them anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Joe Rogan is brilliant. I do like Joe Rogan. Is it you don't like him? Uh, since he moved to Spotify, I haven't listened to a ton of mm. a ton of Rogan. I think it got to a point where I was listening to him a lot, and he knew he was big, but he he didn't kind of want to. Ad- admit it it was mm. still like you know come on they smoke whatever they smoke and it's yeah. like you know everyone's just having a good time and he never really cared but you sign a deal with spotify what was it 100 million dollars or whatever mm. and you committed to then kind of putting something out there that isn't yeah. too extreme whereas you'd have guests go on and they would just talk about anything for three hours and mm. they just rabbit on, the on, on and on it's too long i reckon i don't know three hours some of yeah, it's bloody like hard work for hundred yeah. million dollars. I mean, I wouldn't do that for hundred million dollars. Yeah. Sit for three hours. I don't know. You, you. Had, I think as well because they were live. There was no post editing. You, you're joking. He does. I don't know that he does that. I, these oh, no, so these are not edited podcasts. Before he moved to Spotify, yeah, they were live on YouTube. So no editing, just no sit editing, chatting, just sit chatting live. There might have been some delay if someone said something outrageous, yeah. but. As far as I know, wow, that's a good yeah. form. They were they were just completely live. I'd get the notification. Joe yeah. Rogan is live. You have hundreds of thousands of people watching a live podcast, and then the audio would be uploaded. Yeah, later on. So oh, and he deserves even more credit because doing live, it's so easy to say the wrong thing, do the wrong yeah. thing, and yeah, they do do that. They do like say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, but they just keep on going. Yeah. yeah. I think now, you know, he's on he's on Spotify, they're not live, they're pre recorded, there is some editing to him and you can tell sometimes when someone's gone off on a tangent mm. and the podcast all of a sudden jumps and they change topics. Look so. at his guests. Mm. Yeah. He gets better guests, more and a bigger range of guests than mm. basically this is the replacement of Parkinson and you won't remember Russell Arty, I suppose, or uh, what, who was the big... Oh, it's the replacement of the modern-day Jonathan Ross show, or um, yeah. th- it's the podcast of that. And they go in more in-depth, and they cover, like, nice, interesting personal things or whatever. And I think he, he does... He's very broad-minded about how he deals with it, and he's, he's got a lot of views that I would agree with, drug-wise, or... And he's very much into his MMA, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's a he's commentator good. for the UFC, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's also... Is he like a fighter? Uh, yeah, like Black Belt. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and mm. used to fight Taekwondo. I'm, talk, I, I'm talking like I know. No, I know. Well, you, we, a lot of people must <laughs> know him quite a lot. Podcast. We're going to his next podcast, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. I'll have to get the, the maroon curtain yeah, up the yeah, back. Yeah, the big American flag behind you. Yeah. yeah. Talking of the maroon curtain and you, Dan, looking in great shape and Nick, you looking also in great shape. Have you seen those on my Instagram, um, which I, I, I use Instagram to flick through. I, I really mm. still don't understand Instagram. I've got about five or six pictures and I follow no one. Yeah. I keep getting these V-Shred adverts. You seen them? I, do you know what? I haven't got Instagram. Oh, you uh, seen the V-Shred adverts? So this guy comes on, he is ripped to pieces. And he's doing all sorts of shitty, run, he's doing all sorts of funny exercises and stuff. And he's saying, if you really want to get ripped, uh, you don't need to do this rubbish of cutting out carbs, cutting out this, cutting out that. And he's eating a pizza and stuff like that. And it's really... Um, Pissing you off. No, and then he says, there, you, you go do my quiz, do, find out your body type. A lot of the science is wrong and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, wow, this is a bit weird. And anyway, I, I like to do my research. So you go on YouTube and it tells you completely about this V-Shred being a complete fraud. Mm. And you think, ah, oh, these poor people, you know, they think that they can get away with being ripped like him yeah. and eat slices of pizza 
No, it's the, the people have done the research. It goes okay. before you. If you want to eat pizzas and pizzas, and you're not going to be like that. What did you see? The Liver King. They mentioned him in the yeah. V shred. They mentioned the Liver King thing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same and fraud. Just, uh, yeah, he was on like massive amounts of steroids for years. Oh, you could clearly see that. Like, I've watched a couple of his like videos on like. This guy's just not eating meat. No. He's definitely no. juicing his body up. And um, publicly apologised or something. Did he really? Yeah. yeah. It's not right, is it? It's not right. Well, I think he might have been outed by another YouTuber. Mm. I think that's what it was. It, it, someone looked into him quite closely and he was outed by uh, another YouTuber. Because I'm near, now seeing the, uh, the Chinese women with the filtered face. and mm. So they're looking very pretty and they're not really that pretty. They're very fat. And then they pull on these wonderful little knickers, these big, uh, like, granny knickers, yeah. and they become thin. I think to myself, this is really sad because that most likely doesn't work. They're, it's a fake product. Yeah. But for fat people, it's probably so desperate to want it to work. They they will probably buy it. So they'll, be so they'll earn millions because there are fat people that really, really want it to work. But if they do their research and maybe Google it and look on YouTube, they could probably find out the truth yeah. that this is just an elastic band and it either doesn't do anything or it's going to be enormously uncomfortable mm. to be pulled in like that for the whole time so it's a very sad thing and there's all these filters now i can't believe what they do the, the filter have you seen the, have you seen the pictures of the um in china they had the streamers mm -hmm. so the stand there streaming in the street yep and there's they've got maybe 50 or 100 different phones and they're all on different streaming platforms yeah. trying to trying to earn money and they go to specific areas that are wealthy areas to try and generate more revenue from their streams it's a bizarre world these like streaming farms it is bizarre it can't last can it i don't think so but these influencers don't influence me but they seem to influence yeah influence a lot of people the younger yeah. generation we, we play a game me and my kids it's really quite funny we walk along the street and play photoshop and we point out people that are in real life photoshopped so the, even though they're in real life, we don't think they're real. They're not anything. It's quite funny. They're, and there seems to be some weird thing at the moment for women to have an ass that you can rest a pint of Guinness on. I don't know what's happened. It's not the kind of thing I like, but I might be part of a complete uh, older down, generation. Go down Edgware Road. The nice bridge. <laughs> yeah. See it. yeah. The ass poking it's the, at. It's the pants thing again, ain't it? Yeah. Where they wear the pants. And their bums it, is out. it real? I mean, are they implants? They've got ass implants. Yeah, no they're one? implants, aren't they? Yeah, they're implants. Or well, it could be the it could be the um, running bottoms they're wearing, pumps their bum up. Mm. The yoga pants. Yeah, the yoga pants. We should all get ass implants. Yeah. Did you want to hit the Heathrow thing so we get that in? So do you you seem to know something about Heathrow, the tags and the what's it called? Uh, the Fair's Fair. Yeah, Fair's we, Fair. Yeah, I don't yeah, understand Fair's done, Fair um, at all. You done a podcast with uh, with Frank and Paul and uh, was it Joe? Yeah, 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 Joe. Yeah, yeah. Carpet so Joe. When he was talking about the, the fares, fares and the, the system at the airport. So this is my understanding from my, I say research, but I've asked a few people some questions. Work the airport a little bit enough to understand how the airport works. So the fares, fares system is for journeys that are outside of the Met. So we're not obliged to take them. Yeah. But they're within... A not outside system. the Met, outside the Greater London boroughs. Yeah. The so Met is the old, old... Boundary. So if you, I think if you read the LTDA diary, I think that's how it's still referred. Oh, okay. Because the so, Met, oh, okay. No, oh, they may have joined them. The Met used to be bigger than the Greater London Boundaries. Right. And then we, our area became the Greater London Boundaries. And I think the Met might have shrunk to meet the Greater London Boundaries. So it maybe, may still be true. Maybe that might be how it's worded. Yeah. I mean, it's an old legislation, if you like, anyway. Yeah. But they're not jobs that we're obliged to take. So Windsor's a good example. You People come into the airport, yeah, they yeah. go to Legoland. 
So Windsor on a clear run is 20 minutes, okay? But because it's in an area that we're not obliged to take a job to, if you imagine pre-COVID you was doing a four-hour wait at the airport, someone comes out and says, Windsor, you're not obliged to take that job. So what was happening was you'd get a lot of people that come in that want to go to places like Egham and Windsor. Drivers can name their price. We don't have to take the job. It's not in our, our area. So the fares fare system came in to benefit both parties. So you go to Windsor, it's £45 fixed price. So you do that, you get 90 minutes to do the job and get back. And you go straight to the front of the terminal. Yeah. So you can imagine before the fares fare system, you'd get people that would come to the taxi rank and have drivers refuse them because you don't have to go to Windsor. Now, yeah. if you Windsor on the meter, it's, it's not worth it after you've done your four-hour wait. You're obviously not obliged to, yeah. to take it. So I think the system works quite well where you get uh, 75 minutes on some jobs, you get 90 minutes on others. It's a fixed price. The customer gets the taxi, benefits you. You can go and do the job. Like I say, Windsor, you do get 90 minutes because in rush hour, it sometimes does take about 90 minutes to get there and get back. You will get drivers on terminals that refuse these jobs because they just simply don't want to go to Windsor for whatever their reason might be. Mm-hmm. I always think the fares fare is a good value. You can do the jobs, you can turn them around quickly, you earn good money from them, you go straight to the front of the terminal yeah. and you can go again. Do you know what the mileage is then? We say Windsor, uh, is, is it, they must have some idea of how yeah, far so that mileage would go. Slough, you go to Slough on a fares fare. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually got the, the paper with me, but uh, you can go to the cabin. If you're a new driver and you've not worked Heathrow a lot, mm. you can go to the cabin. The cabin has a list of destinations that are fares fare destinations and local destinations. Mm-hmm. It has the price, it has the time. Uh, so you can always reference that. And I always keep it under my sun visor because you do get people come to your window that ask you places that you think, oh, I've seen that on a list somewhere. Yeah, you yeah. can quickly reference your list. and you get, uh, Most of the time, the agent will tell you this is a fair's fair yeah. or this is a, a local. They so have to, tell you to, to clarify then a little bit, if it's within Greater London, it's in, it's in our duty to do it. There's a one-hour return. That's a local. Yeah. And if it's not and it's going outwards, basically out of our Great London, it's a fair's fair. Yeah, but only to only a certain <laughs> radius, only a yeah. certain destination. So like you go to Windsor or Slough or... Or Egham, they're, they're fares fair jobs and they're Do you remember prices. what the minimum mileage journey is from Heathrow? In London it was six, it's now 12. And from the airport it was more. So is this to refuse a job yes. legally? Right, so this is interesting because recently there's been a big debate on refusing jobs from the airport. Just last week, a driver refused a Balham from Terminal 5. Why? Because Balham. Balham is over 20 miles from Terminal 5. So someone called the cabin... The cabin confirmed, you can refuse that if you want because Balham is over 20 miles. Now, if you take Terminal 5, you could legally refuse a King's Cross. King's Cross is over 20 miles from Terminal 5. Yeah. To me, so when you read through the LTDA diary, it breaks down a journey over 20 miles or one hour and there's legitimate reasons you can refuse a journey. Customer no money, customer drunk, etc., etc., to me, the thing that should supersede everything is, is that destination in the Met? So mm-hmm. Balham is well and truly London. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to refuse that job from the airport. Yeah, I think Definitely there's not. a bit of a grey area because Terminal 5 is where it is. And it's the very western edge of the airport, borderline M25. To me, it should be, is the destination within London? Yes, no. That should be the, the superseding rule. Regardless mm-hmm. of whether it's do over you know, 20 miles. Out of interest, do you know the exact distance to the Balham? What was it? It was something like, 
So the shade over twenty or yeah, we're talking like a mile or two. So if you if you go on Google and and just do Ballum from Terminal Five, I think it says twenty two miles. Right. But where this customer was actually going was bang on twenty miles, and there was a lot of back and forth between trade reps. Uh, in it was a, a Telegram group, a lot of back and forth between trade reps and drivers giving their opinion. So, like I say, to me, I think it should be if it's in yeah London in you know, the Met or mm. whatever that area is, you shouldn't really be able to refuse it. But you, you get drivers refusing Tower Hill, City Airport, because from the five, it's yep. further than 20 miles. So he could have got Wimbledon a few, a few miles down the road and he's got to do it. Yeah. He gets a Ballum. What I'm trying to understand is for what purpose have I refused the Ballum to think that I'm going to get something better? How am I going to get something better than the Ballum? The Ballum's yeah. going to be good money. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's something better. Um, so the messages that went back and forth uh, were basically, you know, it's the right to refuse. You yeah. shouldn't be giving up that right to refuse. No, but what what is the reason to have refused? I'm, I can't yeah, comprehend I it. I don't understand that. It's London. You're, you're more in than, the mix, isn't you? Yeah. I mean, more than likely it's just because he could. That that's what it comes down to. A lot of these drive, a lot of drivers that not everyone's the same. What's the fare going to go? What's a balance? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's probably going to go a shade over eighty quid, ninety quid, something eight like quid, that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's if if you want something better, but but drivers that work the airport, it, we spoke about this before. You get drivers that work the airport and only the airport. Mm-hmm. So wherever yeah. they drop off, they'll turn the light off and go back. Mm. You get drivers like me and Dan that you know we we go to the airport on a job. Uh, put on the rank and you know just work from there more than likely it, it might have been a driver that only wants to work the airport and he's happy with a holland park avenue he can do it for 65 quid and he can go back i don't mm. know the honest reason but there were messages that came back from uh, other people that that were basically saying you know it's, it's the right to refuse you shouldn't you shouldn't give that up I think drivers refuse jobs sometimes a bit like the fares fares. They refuse them just because they can. Yeah, I don't. Doesn't sound right to me. It sounds like we're abusing our own system when we do this kind of thing. Maybe the right I to refuse know. is perfect for the fact that my right to refuse has always been they scare me. So if for any reason you feel that this will be a danger for whatever your instinct tells you, then there's some grounds there to refuse. But yeah. beyond that, I just don't comprehend what they're thinking was were they hoping for something massively longer uh, what you're in this gray area did you want a 40 mile journey or a 19 mile journey because they're the only kind of things yeah, I mean, that suit the driver behind the actual driver that refused it said the driver in front of me has refused this like and it turned into a it was literally days that messages were going backwards and forwards between drivers there's a thousand people in this group like, i don't know his reason for refusing it like I say, he might have just been looking for yeah. Holland Park Avenue so he can do that and he can go back. I, I don't know. Did the customer get a cab? Yeah, so the driver behind took the customer that was refused. So I, I think I would have jumped it. I would have thought, fine. I, I just don't get it because I, I remember, like, because I've only been doing Heathrow Airport since December. And um, I remember it was actually January and I was, it was a Sunday evening. I got a job to Heathrow and I ranked up and I kept getting locals, locals, locals. Mm-hmm. It got to about nine o'clock at night and I was like, oh, I just want to get something back. And there was a cab in front of me, Terminal 3, and this family come out and it was uh, two little children and they're speaking to the marshal and they go, no. And then the person behind them, another cab behind that goes, no. So I'm sitting there, I think I just want to get home there. So I said to the marshal, like, where are they, where are they going? 
She went Wembley, don't want to take them. I was like, no, Wembley you have to take. Wembley you can't refuse. You cannot refuse a Wembley. It was something in Wembley. Didn't want to take it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, they've got two little kids. The, the interesting thing with the locals is Hanger Lane. If you're south of Hanger Lane, you're in. If you're north of Hanger Lane, you're out. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a fine line, but you have to draw the line somewhere. Oh, yeah, you have to. And it's the same with the hour return. If you're an hour and a minute, mm. time is an hour, it's an hour and yeah, a minute. I, I, yeah, I didn't know why they were like, because to me, I think it's still new to me. I was like, why are they refusing it? Surely you don't you want to be... You can't refuse it. No, you don't I'm, want to be I'm, at I'm, nine o'clock at I'm night. I'm very yeah. sure you can't refuse it. Is it late at night as well? Because you risk, it was, it you was risk coming out empty, don't you, at a certain time, the flights end? Yes. Yeah, so it happened to me recently, actually, where I got out of the feeder park about 6 p.m., and they ended up doing seven locals back to back. Yeah, you do get that. You get yeah, that but the locals much. run up money, Nick. They do. Yeah, yeah I'm not saying, I'm not saying they don't. Back. But it gets to 10.30 and all the flights have come down and all you want to do is get out of there. Yeah. You yeah. know, if you're a driver like me that isn't doesn't want to sleep at the airport and just wants to yeah, go yeah, back yeah. to work or go home, you want to get out of there. Mm. Yeah. So, um, especially you live the other side of town, you don't want to be. Yeah, you know, if I drive home, I've blown out as well, and that does happen where mm. you've got locals back to back gone to a terminal where you know that it's the last flight coming in. You've sat there for 30 minutes, you've got, nothing. got nothing, and that's mm. you know, for me, it's like 65 miles to drive home, and I've drove home empty because yeah. I'm not going to sleep on the terminal. So, it does, yeah. it does happen, you know, you do earn well at that time of night, yeah. there's no traffic, you can quickly knock them out and you can go back and do another one. I'm surprised E4 hasn't got into charging them a camping fee. <laughs> for sleeping there I mean they, they like a fee them. don't tempt them putting up don't palm trees they only put the hammocks yeah they got the hammocks in the cab we spoke about yeah, that yeah, I couldn't yeah. believe it yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's some interesting setups yeah and uh, I've seen um, on one of the uh, YouTube Storm Cab had some sort of little cooker that he's using to cook his food in the yeah. little microwave there was a guy with full gym gear running up and down <laughs> the North Park once yeah, back yeah, and, back and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Ah, oh, well, you know, come on, Dan, give him some encouragement. Some people don't, some people go overboard with exercise and they get obsessive and yeah. do it all the time. But if he's pulling out some stops, because no, I do get lazy. I've taken to walking around the feeder park yeah. I, because you just, otherwise you sit in the cab and oh, yeah. you just do nothing. So yeah. I just get out and go yeah, for keep 20 doing minute, it. 20 minute walk around the feeder park. I see cabbies walking down Bath Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just go for a walk, stretch walk your legs. to the McDonald's and back. An hour walk a day, perfect. So if they're refusing Wembley? It might have been somewhere near there. I said to my friend, I've got a job near Wembley, I'm coming home. It wasn't what I wanted, but... Just just to clear, so your fares fare is outside your obliged area to take a customer to. So you can you have the right to refuse a fares fare. Yeah. I've refused a fares fare, but... On what grounds? I mean, you didn't think you'd get back quick enough? No, so it was the time when i'd got out of the park at six done my seven locals fairs fair come out eggham if i take that eggham at half past ten at night that's my last job yeah yeah i don't have to do it on a fairs fair price because it's outside our licensed area i can set my price yeah but i'm also not going to tell the customer it's going to be 70 pounds to eggham it's, it, it doesn't you know that fare doesn't just well, Nick. If it's half past ten, I mean you're still going to get one more fare in. You might not you're get not, no more. No, fare if you, if you're, no, if not you're not in the airport. I mean you, that fare is your last fare. Yeah. So if you now drive back empty from half past ten, you're into town. Depending on the night of the week, you could end up finding yourself drifting all the way back to Bank Junction and suddenly find yourself in the East End and thinking, "Oh, I may as well go home." And you may have done the whole journey where your Egham would have been mm. some money in your pocket, and then you're going to come back through. Uh, you, your choice was to leave then, which is what you did, is it? You left then or you stayed for another no, no, fair? I stayed. I stayed because... Oh, the, because you, I got you. So you stayed for something that might come along better. Yeah, yeah, And, you know, got a, a job into town after that. Okay. There's no guarantee you're going to get a job into town, but mm. I'd rather take the gamble at 10 or half past 10 at night 
of doing you know if it's a local you've got no choice you've got to do it and go back and yeah. take your chances and then you might get blown out but if you're doing affairs fair you kind of admitting right that's my yeah. last job well my, my f- neighbor in turkey's coming over soon they're going to be staying in granary square mm-hmm. you know that one dan yeah yeah it's up king's cross king's cross going to stay at king's cross and they did the son is going to uh i didn't realize that the st martin's school of art is now based there not based on theobald's road which is where i wouldn't did you know it was there so st martin's is now there they're building their complex he's going to be there and he, he said to me how do we get about on buses and trains and i said really and truly you're king's cross you're a tourist everything you want to see is almost for me is walking distance if i like a little bit of a healthy walk anything into the west end fine there's four of you the cheapest way to do it is get a cab. Yeah. Everywhere you go, yeah. mm. get a cab. You will be getting on the underground. There's four of you. Everything is times by four. A cab will be tens and fifteens and twenties for every journey that you're going to be doing. So cab is cheaper for four people, five people, if you're going to be local. Yeah, definitely. That's what a lot of people don't understand. They get the Heathrow Express. Heathrow Express is £27 a ticket. Last time Shut I up. Yeah. Last time yeah. I checked, it's £27. Uh, pound. Yeah. And it only takes you to Paddington. So if you've got a family of four, that all pay £27 a ticket and then have to get a cab from Paddington to yes. Covent Garden for another 20 quid. you might as well just get a cab from the airport. Yeah, they don't know, they don't know the maths of it. No, but it's interesting the way it's set up at the airport because you're, you're, if you ever got off a flight at Heathrow, the Heathrow Express is in your face. Yeah. It's yeah, they, the train into central London. Mm. The train goes to Paddington. Mm. You've then either got to get the underground or you've got to get a taxi yeah. from the station. What is the price of the underground? Because that can't be that. The underground uh, just counts as a special zone. It's, it's, it's ca- I mean, you can get the Elizabeth line from the airport, but if uh, when I used to get the train in and out uh, of town, it was it was like 10 or 12 quid a day, depending on what zones you went through. Um, but that's just on the, the Oyster card. Uh, but yeah, the Heathrow Express is in your face. And twenty-seven pounds for people is going to be ridiculous. That's yes, nearly eight, like hundred and seventy quid. I'll tell everyone. Everyone I take into town from the airport, I say to them, look, if you want to go back to the airport, if you're more, you know, it's cheaper to get a taxi for the amount of people you are, the group size, yep. just get a cab. Yeah. Get a cab to the airport. It is. And if you don't believe me, just Google it. I'm not trying to sell you yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, just yeah, Google it. Yeah. But um, I remember reading years ago. Uh, the number of people that land at airport and the translation into taxi fares. And the statistic was 2% of people that land at Heathrow get taxis. And that's it. And I, I read that. It was probably about six or seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, it, it might have changed since then. Um, but interestingly, when you do get to the airport, uh, inside the terminals, you don't have uh, booths for London taxis. No, you you have booths that supply taxis but they're private hire vehicles. Yeah. So you might go there thinking, oh, I'm going to get a taxi into town. And End up in a minicab. You're getting a minicab, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but um, what's happening is one of the uh, trade organisations has agreed a deal to take over one of those booths in one of the terminals. Right. So when you... When you say one of the trade organisations, are you talking about the LTDA? No, no. Uh, no? no? Which other trade organisation? Um, from memory, it is... I don't want to get UCG it. and the LCDC. Maybe it's uh, basically the stumbling point was the cost. Yeah, the amount that they're going to charge to rent the booth and how they're going to get that money back. Exactly. Yeah. So, but it's as far as I know, like this was put into one of the Telegram groups. So I don't think it's any kind of secret that they're going to do it. Going to be from later this year, 
they're going to invest in having agents there that are taxi drivers that are going to be able to supply taxis to people landing. I think it's a Terminal 3 where they're going to do the trial. So when you go to that booth now, you're not going to be supplied with a private hire vehicle. You're going to be supplied with a a taxi. So that is something that's uh, hopefully going to be followed through on, going to be coming, and and that should help. Yeah, I think we'd need that. Yeah, I think maybe there's an inherent... Uh, scepticism of taxis in countries so when people land the last thing they want to do is take a taxi because there's a fear of being yeah, ripped off which you yeah. don't get in london but don't get ripped off no but you know surprisingly i've been reading recently about the amount that hotels charge for private cars and um claridge's has got its own private hire operators license to supply uh, taxis and I'm pretty sure that I read they charged £180 to go to the airport in right. one of their cars. Well, there may be a nice car and they're trying to upmarket it. Maybe. There, well, we talked about what you read recently. Yesterday, I literally read uh, about the price of public transport and compared to every major city and the bar graph, it was unbelievable. The London bar graph just was off the scale. Every other major city in the world, public transport... And several of the cities were free. Mm. All public transport in the city was free, zero. The cost of our average journeys for our public transport is the highest in the world by far. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, again, it makes us more viable, taxis more viable to Mm. use rather than the public transport. Um, It seems our system is – we do have a very, very big public transport system maybe. I don't know. Train-wise, we're bigger than Paris. Land-wise, we're bigger than Paris. But – New York was way down lower, but then, you know, you, it's like being in the Warriors movie, isn't it? When you go to New York and get on a train, you've got to worry about whether you get <laughs> gang-raped. Do you know what, though, right? I've had, I've had a family before from Trinity Square. They got to the airport, but they asked me to take it to Paddington. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sorry, the first question out of my mouth, if it's a family, is have you got your tickets? Yeah, which is the question. Is what I'm going to say. Tickets for what? The Heathrow Express. Because if they haven't got their tickets and you're picking them up at Trinity Square... Worst case, that goes £100 to the airport. Worst case. Yeah. And if there's four of them and you're taking them to Paddington, you're talking 25 quid. 30 quid. 30 quid to Paddington. Oh, you're going to explain to them, this is how much it's going to cost you yeah, if I get yeah, you to Paddington. I may as well take you to the airport. To any cab driver, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, top tip, Nick here. Give the top tip out, please. I, I, that's what I say to If someone to gets people. in your cab at Trinity Square and says, take us to Paddington, we're, getting, we're going to Heathrow... The first question out of your mouth should be, Are you have you already got your tickets? Yep. Because if you haven't, I will take you straight to the airport for probably less than what it's going to cost you mm. to pay for this taxi to Paddington. Get out, get in, get out again. Get on the train. <laughs> yeah, yep. like, and they've got, they've got luggage and stuff, and you're like, you don't want to be carrying yeah. out about, do you? Get in, sit down, watch your, look at your iPad, yep. you'll be I'll there. there. I'll give you a little tour on the way, show yep. you the sights. Mm. Yeah, oh, that is a, a good one. I, I use that one a lot, quite a lot in Trinity Square. Why, why Trinity Square? You're talking about the Tower of London, Cause yeah? I, yeah, because I know that it's going to cost 30 quid to get to Paddington. And if they've got a family of four and it's how much a ticket. What are you going to say to me then? You're going to get, it's going to cost you that. So you, give me £100 and I'll take you to the airport. I'll just say it's on the meat. I don't think give me £100. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think a, a lot, a lot uh, there are a, a number of drivers that would only do it on the meter. But I don't think me. there's anything wrong with saying to a, a you know, if, if I had if I had people at Trinity Square and they were going to the airport via Paddington, I'd have no problem saying to them, look, I'll take you there for 80 quid. It's yeah. not, you know. If you want to go there and bring up, then it suits you. Trinity yeah, Square would probably go, if you're going if you're going Trinity Square to Terminal 5, say 90 quid. Yeah, I've done all gate, all gate uh, station to 
the airport, it's got £100. So if you so if you off. said 100 quid then and said like four tickets is 27 pound a ticket it's going to be 100 and something quid give me 100 yeah, quid and I will get yeah. you there you'd be yeah. quids in yeah you definitely would be yeah. yeah yeah I like to I like to put on a meter because I've had people in the back think all right and I've got Google Maps on the back and I can hear them so I know I know for a fact if I just bang on the meter and they're following my route they know I'm going the right way cuz I'm going to put in Google Maps to see where the traffic is Mm. Oh yeah. Oh okay. But see, on a set fare, this is a weird thing about passengers. You do a set fare, and the dude in the back starts complaining. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I've never been this way before. Don't worry, mate. You're, I've told yeah. you you're going to pay hundred pounds. So leave the way to me because yeah. Yeah. we've set the price. I'm not going to extend or decrease the journey. Matter of fact, it's my absolute benefit to take the least amount of time and cover the least amount of miles because I've set the price. It's weird, isn't it, where they suddenly think that you might mm. be ripping them off when the price is set. <laughs> I do say to, I have had people when they've got in my cab and they've said to me, how much the Heathrow? And I thought, you know what, it's a bit slow. I'll do on a Heathrow. And I'll say, from here, it will probably be about £80. I say, look, if it's any more than £80, you pay £80. If it's anything less than £80, you pay what's on the You know what I mean? And they're like, oh, yeah, thank you very much. They yeah. think you're doing a great deal. Yeah, well, cap, you are. Cap, yeah, I mean, you've given a capped uh, thing, yeah. Capping affairs is a good way to do it. And I think, you know, like you say, if, if you want to go out there, you know, it's every. <laughs> Every driver is their own their own business, their own boss, and they can do what they want. Mm. I, I don't ever question the way another person drives a taxi and chooses to earn their money. There will be some drivers that will only want to do Trinity Square to the airport on the meter because they want the full meter price. Yeah. For me, if I know that the airport's running well, and it might even be my first job of the day, and I think, well, I can just do £80 on a straight run to the airport, I can put on, I can have my break early, or I can clean the cab, or I can do whatever I need to do, and then I can pick a job up and come back. Mm. You know, that's my choice, for example. Mm. But like I'm saying, there are there are drivers that would only want to do it for that metered price. I'm not saying you should always offer a deal. No, generally, but, but the reason behind the meter, and, and I know what you're saying, yeah. Dan, is that we know we're not losing. Yeah. Sometimes we really can muck up. Oh, you can lose, yeah. Um, so on the meter, oh, we yeah. know that's the job. That was what I was supposed to get paid, and we, we feel a little bit less grieved mm. on it. Yeah. And if you know you're, and if you know, like, you've got on the meter and there's traffic all the way down the West Cromwell Road or mm. down the M, M4, you know you go, you know what, I knock, a, I knock a couple of quid off, and they feel actually, oh, what, what nice one, knock a couple of quid mm. off. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you're getting your eighty pounds. So well, what's just occurred to me as well, and it must be the scenario now with the apps that you could get a Gatwick or a Stansted, mm. and then have an app job grab you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. would be the nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's happened when uh, recently. You know, there was there was no trains from Gatwick or to Gatwick, no Gatwick Express, but it was no. There was no trains at all one day recently. Um, and I took someone to Gatwick and there was an app job at, I dropped off at the North Terminal, there was an app job at the South Terminal. So it does happen. Mm. It's not regular, but it does happen. Yeah. It can happen. But is, the, is the benefit of apps to us, is these jobs that wouldn't happen at all before yeah. that helps us? I, I mean, would say so. Without the app, you're coming back empty. Yeah, and I always use, I always tend to use the apps when I'm a little bit further out. So if you're a little bit further out and there's been so many times I've been coming back in from, you know, the top of North London and the app will send you a job into Covent Garden or whatever. It's a job you've yeah, got to yeah. drive past. But there, again, there are drivers that are, they refuse to do app jobs because they don't want to give up 20% of the fare. But to me... 20% of nothing is... is yeah. <laughs> if you've got the fare. I mean, to me, if you're, if you're losing 20%, all right, you know, it's, it's a fair chunk, 
But I'd rather take the 80% and get myself back into Covent Garden mm. than just drive past the fair and have to drive a couple of miles yeah. further down the road empty yeah. with my light on before someone flags me down. Well, my, one of my good friends here is an Uber driver, student. and He told me yesterday, Uber's now taking 40%. Really? 40%. They said they, and they said because you're all self-employed now, we're, it's not within our obligation to actually tell you mm. that we've upped your charges. What was it before then? So uh, 20 to 25, it was 20 for the first bit. Then if it was an older driver and you came in, they, they raised it for those and they charged those 25. Now they're not telling them. So he's asked the customers in the back what they're getting charged. He's worked out what he's getting paid and Uber's taking 40% of the fare. So uh, he got a job, a Stansted, £36. Mm. You know, it's £7 to drop off at Stansted. Yeah. yeah. £7 to drop off. No matter who you are. Mm-hmm. And no matter how long it takes, there's the 20 second drive through. And you know, because it's out of, so obviously the five pound drop off at Heathrow, we can charge the customer, mm-hmm. but we're not legally allowed to charge to drop off at Stansted. No. So you can't add it on as extras, mm-hmm. whereas you can add on the five pound as extras at, at Heathrow. But for Stansted and Gatwick, you can't, you can, yeah, I actually read the, the, the fare chart the other day because the, the fares are going up. So I read through what the current uh, tariff system is and it says, um, basically advises the customer to agree or negotiate with the driver before you get there. Yeah. So there's no, you know, surprises. Yeah. Well, did you see what the, the police have started to monitor it now? Because what people were doing is rather than driving up to the last leg of Stansted, they're dropping them off at the roundabout yeah. so that they could walk up. And even your granddad, my dad, I told him I'm coming. I'll walk down to the roundabout because he's, you know, he's tight and I didn't have any yeah. money. He said he's not going to pay the thing. So I came down and uh, jumped on at the roundabout. And now it's all policed. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. it seems a bit wrong. Mm. It seems very wrong. Seven pound is extortionate. It's yeah. Seven, seconds of dropping off. I, I, I think it might be more now. I, the last time I went, I'm not sure if it's nine. I know that you go into Maybe. the 30 minute stop, you get 30 minutes and that's mm. is 10 to to 18 um, I think I paid 18 on the last one yeah. so the prices are going up quite quickly did you get a 30 minute wait or is it 15 there's one at 30 minute wait because there was one at 15 I remember dropping off and there was a queue that would be the drive through yeah you know as you go in you, on the left and you drop off and I remember there was a queue and the barriers were working and I was thinking I was, I was, I was <laughs> everyone was struggling because the barriers were playing up and I'm looking at my top I've been here 12 minutes <laughs> I've like, just dropped off. I've been I've been in the queue for twelve minutes, thinking that it's going oh, to charge me. I'd have to argue that. Yeah, the, the barrier. Yeah, it does get expensive. You, you know, you go over that time limit, it does get expensive. It does. It does. But everything is. The, the world is a bit. Yeah, it gets hot in here, Dan. No, not in here. In oh. Stansted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was sweating in Stansted. 